Welcome to Fiscal One-on-One. This Iowa Legislative Services Agency audio program consists of interviews conducted by the Fiscal Services Division staff. Each brief conversational interview features an expert answering questions concerning a fiscal topic of interest within an Iowa State agency. The following interview was conducted on October 17, 2013 by Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. Jennifer interviewed John Benson, Communications Bureau Chief with the Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management Division regarding the differences between a state and federally declared disaster and the Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management's role in mitigating the disaster. Hello, my name is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. Today I'm going to interview John Benson, Communications Bureau Chief with the Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management. Good morning, John. How are you? I am fantastic. Good. Thanks for coming in today. John, today I would like to discuss the Department of Homeland Security's role in state and federal government disasters. Can you explain the difference between the two, the difference between a state disaster and a federal disaster? Sure. It's really fairly simple when you get into it. On the state side of it, the governor has the authorities within Iowa Code to issue what's referred to as an emergency proclamation. And essentially what that does is it allows state resources to be used to supplement local response efforts. So if a city or county is having a large disaster in their area, don't have the resources they need, well, we can come in and help, and the governor's emergency proclamation allows us to do that. Now, when we get up to a presidential disaster declaration, that's your typical one where most of the public expects to see where the money comes in, and the federal government is the one that actually brings the recovery funds to the table when we do have large disasters. So that's referred to as a president's declaration of major disaster, and that's when we see all of those recovery funds for both homeowners, businesses, and then also for political subdivisions to repair roads and infrastructure and things like that. What is your office's role in a disaster? Our office's role really starts even before the disaster happens. It kind of functions in a circle, if you will. One of the first things we're interested in is doing some preparedness efforts to get ourselves, not only ourselves, but also local agencies ready for that disaster. So that involves planning in terms of how those disasters could happen, what those response efforts will look like, and then doing some training and exercising on it. So you get your responders comfortable with how they're going to have to function in a disaster prior to it, not actually during the disaster. Then when we do get into a disaster, our primary function at the state level is really to help supplement local responders. So if they need any type of resource or expertise that they cannot bring to the table to help themselves, we go out and find that for them and make sure that they have it so we help that local agency respond. Then when we get into the the part after the disaster, we go out and do damage assessments, help the local do damage assessments so they understand what type of damage they have in the area, be that to homes, businesses, be that to infrastructure, roads, bridges, things of that nature. Kind of take those and evaluate them and see if they're going to meet some of the requirements in terms of will it qualify for a president's major disaster declaration. If we do file that letter with FEMA up to the president to request that declaration, 
and we do receive it, then we go into the recovery phase where we manage what is referred to as the Stafford Act recovery programs. And those are typical ones that you see administered through FEMA, and we work on administering those over the course of that disaster until all the work is done. So we essentially get started with it before the disaster starts, we're in it when the disaster happens, and we're there after the disaster has left. How long does it take to get a federally declared disaster? Is there quite a process involved in that? It depends on the type of disaster you're dealing with. For large-scale, very quick-hitting type disasters, for example, the Parkersburg tornado, we had the president declare that a disaster area the next day. Obviously, it was of such magnitude and such severity, there really wasn't a lot of application put to it. Now, we do get into situations where what we refer to as garden variety disasters. So in the state of Iowa, your typical spring or fall flood. Sometimes those will take a little bit more work because you've got to go out and ascertain precisely what the damages are. It's usually bumping right on the edge of being eligible or not eligible. So sometimes those can take up to a month or two months to get those replies back from the president on those. So it really depends upon the magnitude of the disaster. A large magnitude disaster will typically happen very quickly. The more average normal sized disasters, those will take a little bit more shepherding. And those are the ones that we actually have to work the hardest on. And you mentioned to be eligible for a disaster declaration. Who determines that criteria? That criteria is actually put forth by FEMA at the federal level. They look at it on a per capita basis in terms of across the entire state. It has to exceed a per capita amount and then within the individual county it also has to exceed a per capita amount. So right now the statewide per capita is just a bit over three dollars per person so it ends up being we have to look in at having disasters somewhere into that eight to nine million dollar range across the entire state. For an individual county, it's a little bit less than that, but you end up having to meet those per capita. So that's kind of the trigger points. FEMA will say that they're not hard and fast numbers. You want to look at the overall impact of a disaster. What are its long-term lasting impacts? It's not necessarily a dollar figure thing that's the primary concern. It's what are the immediate impacts? So you can have a very locally devastating disaster that would qualify and may not make those per capita, but it has such impact to the area that federal aid is needed. How many years does it take to deal with the disaster and to close it out? Is there a difference between a state disaster is closed out faster than a federal disaster? What are the time frames for that? Well, for us, with a state disaster, when the governor issues his emergency proclamation, there's really traditionally no dollar figures that go along with it. The only type of financial aid that the governor can activate is the state individual assistance aid pro grant program. And that's primarily directed towards uh, homeowners that don't carry insurance on their homes or have uninsured loss. And then there's also an income requirement that goes along with it. So it's pointed at a very limited scope of individuals in the state. Those get resolved fairly quickly. A uh, matter of months after the disaster, they're typically taken care of. Now, federal disasters, of course, will depend upon the scope of the disaster, how big it is and how much damage there was. For example, the floods in 2008, we're still actively working a lot of those recovery issues. We're five years down the road since that has happened and I don't anticipate those being resolved probably in the next three years. So you're talking about an eight to 10 year disaster, which is not that uncommon for large scale disasters you know, like you would see with Hurricane Katrina or earthquakes on the coast, anything like that. Those can run up for a decade or longer in terms of recovery efforts. Now the smaller disasters, you can see those getting resolved typically in three to four years. You'll see a lot of that work done, all of the closeouts done, all the final payments made. So the larger the disaster is, the longer it's going to take to get repaired. So where does the match come from for a federal disaster? I'm assuming the state has to 
put forth some money. Yep, there are some matches that come with the federal disasters. By law, in the Federal Stafford Act, the federal government will kick in 75% of the total cost of repairing that infrastructure. So that leaves 25% to be paid for from non-federal sources. Code of Iowa says that the state will kick in 10% of that cost and then the localities will be responsible for 15% of those costs. That is your typical disaster. Now there are exceptions to that obviously. When you get into large-scale disasters, you can have the federal government cover up to 90% of the cost and then the state of Iowa would cover the remaining 10%. So essentially the locality would not have to come up with any funding to do that. But those disasters are thankfully few and far between. In the 22 years I've been doing this, we've only had two disasters that met that requirement. That was the 1993 floods and then the uh, 2008 floods. Looking at a snapshot in time over the past five years, approximately how much state funding and how much federal funding has come to Iowa? In the last five years, when you look at the, the programs that we administer, and those are primarily, like I said before, primarily tied to the Stafford Act, and you're looking at when you throw in the state and the federal money, you're talking about an obligation of just a bit over $2 billion. So of that, about 1.9 of that is federal money, and then another 150 to $200 million of that will be state money. So that's obviously still being finalized, but you're still talking about a real large chunk of money coming in to help repair those type of infrastructures. And one of the important things that that does is that it allows that tax base to be put in place or remain in place. That's usually the biggest impact you see out of disasters for local municipalities is that loss of tax base. Well, this program comes in and rebuilds that infrastructure, which helps reassures that the tax base will remain in place. John, thank you so much for your time, your expertise in this area, and coming in today to talk to me. Thank you. It was fun to do.